I made up a word that is now in the dictionary. Do you know what it is? Plagiarism. Yep, that's mine. All mine. No one else's. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Starting Sustainability. This is episode 113. I am your host, Kaylin Chenoweth. Today, the main topic is jewelry and all the different ways that you can get jewelry for yourself or a loved one and still be as sustainable as possible. Also, we're going to touch base on everything else you need to celebrate Valentine's Day. But before we do that, we're going to catch up with Kaylin. Now that I'm doing episodes every other week, there's a lot more to catch up on that I'm noticing. First, I want to share a conversation that I had with my coworker. She's been losing a lot of weight, congratulations, and she needs new pants. She was telling me how much she loves her current pants because they fit so well, they fit everywhere except the waist area because that's where she's been losing the weight. But she doesn't really want to go and spend a lot of money on new pants, especially because she isn't done losing the weight. And she was complaining about having to go to the store and try on a hundred pants and then spending money that she really didn't want to. I took this opportunity to suggest going to a seamstress who could take in her current pants It will still cost money, but it will be a whole lot less expensive than new pants and a lot less stressful and save on time and shopping too. And her response was, great idea. I never would have thought of that, which was eye-opening. I reflected on how our mindset with today's marketing strategies has become, if it doesn't work, get a new one. Just replace an item instead of repairing it. And I understand that I didn't defeat a big company's marketing model, but I do feel really good that I was able to convince one person to not shop brand new. I really wanted to share that success story with you because I have so many failures, so at least I was able to succeed here. The next story I wanted to share with you was over the past few months, I've been saving up all of my fruit scraps in a bag in the freezer. And this past weekend it was full and I finally had time to make more homemade syrup. We really do love pancakes, waffles, French toast, all of it (laughs) in our house. And no, it's not that we eat them every single day, but a batch of fruit scraps doesn't really make all that much syrup. So we do tend to go through it pretty quickly because what I have done is I will take all the fruit scraps, dump it in a pot or pan, and then I add in a juice Previously, it's been canned peach juice. This time I didn't have any, so I used apple juice. And you sit there and you boil it down until it becomes a syrup, therefore shrinking the volume. This batch was especially tasty because it had apple, pear, mango, strawberry, and grape scraps all in it. Also a few carrot peelings, but that was because I accidentally dumped the scraps into the wrong bag and didn't realize it until it was a frozen block of ice and I couldn't chisel them out. But either way, it was still really tasty. And then when it was done condensing down into syrup form, I strained it all out and threw all of the fruit scraps into the compost pile. And this past weekend, we went to the Indianapolis Home Show. This is a great big one-stop convention for everything you would need for your house inside and out. Contractors for dealing with basement, bathroom remodels, kitchen cabinets, Craft-made furniture, windows, flooring, siding, roofing, fencing, garage storage, patios, decks, and everything else that I haven't mentioned yet. (laughs) They're all here at this one-stop shop. It was so awesome. I was most excited to learn about 
the solar panel and geothermal for heating and air conditioning options that are available in our area. I am so excited. I got all the literature. I talked to all those people and I definitely plan to put together another episode to cover all that I learned. So stay tuned. And for those of you who don't know, my husband is a Valentine's baby. That's right. His birthday is Valentine's Day, which made me realize just now that I have one week to finish up our homemade reusable birthday decorations. I got the banner done. I shared that on the Facebook group, but I have not made the hats. So that is my next goal to make the hats. And I have one week to get it done. Wish me luck. This week in the news, I found a couple of exciting things that I wanted to share with you. The first one was that Keurig Dr. Pepper of Canada, so you know the Keurig coffee machines, they're owned by the Dr. Pepper company, and Keurig Dr. Pepper of Canada will pay a fine of more than $2.3 million and donate $631,000 to a charitable organization focused on environmental issues as a result of making misleading environmental claims about the recyclability of Keurig K-Cups. This is something that we've talked about before on the podcast, how those K-Cups are horrible. And I post it on the Facebook group too, how there are so many of those Keurig coffee cups just going to the landfill every year. And they claim they are recyclable, but not one American recycling facility can actually recycle them. And they're all just going to the landfill every day. So if you do have a Keurig coffee machine, that is okay. I strongly suggest that you can get a reusable Keurig cup that you just fill with your own coffee grounds and it's a little reusable Keurig cup. That's the solution. But I just found it wonderful that they are finally getting penalized for these false claims regarding the recyclability of their single-use Keurig K-cup coffee pods. Now this is up in Canada. I don't think we're suing them here in the U.S., but hopefully we do soon. (laughs) I know that kind of sounds evil of me, but I just want them to fix it. I don't necessarily have to sue them and corrupt them, but I just want them to fix their mistake and make the environment better going forwards. And the other piece of news that I wanted to share was the U.S. Department of Energy, the DOE, announced $13.4 million in funding for next-generation plastics technologies that reduce the energy consumption and carbon emissions of single-use plastics. Projects will advance technologies for plastic recycling, reduce plastic waste, and cut the carbon footprint of plastic production. Yay! Little by little, we are making the Earth a more beautiful place. You know what else is beautiful? sparkly and sustainable jewelry. This episode was inspired by a friend who is shopping for an engagement ring. (laughs) Now there are so many different gemstone options, but traditionally an engagement ring is a diamond, but it can really be anything that you want. Pearls, sapphire, ruby, emerald, or just a plain band. However, there is a big problem with diamonds. Have you ever seen the movie Blood Diamond with Leonardo DiCaprio? If not, go watch it, but bring your tissue box with you. It is absolutely devastating, but was the first real wake-up call to how cruel and ugly the diamond industry can be. So here's a quick synopsis of why blood diamonds, also known as conflict diamonds, are so horrible. The first problem is the violence they cause. Even though many brutal civil wars have now ended, violence in diamond mines remains a serious problem. Many diamonds are still stained by severe human rights abuses such as forced labor, beatings, 
torture, and murder. The second issue is labor. Many of the world's diamonds are harvested using practices that exploit workers, children, and communities. A million diamond diggers in Africa earn less than a dollar a day, causing widespread poverty and community suffering. Artisanal miners work in highly unsafe conditions, often without training, safety equipment, or proper tools. The third issue is the environment. Due to poor planning and weak regulation, diamond mining has caused environmental devastation, severely damaging the land and water. This irresponsible mining has caused soil erosion and deforestation and has forced local communities to relocate. In extreme cases, diamond mining can cause entire ecosystems to collapse. There is a thing called the Kimberley Process. Now, the Kimberley Process claims to have solved the problem of conflict diamonds, but it systemically ignores human rights abuses, worker exploitation, and environmental degradation. It does not require diamonds to be traced to their mine of origin, allowing smuggled rough diamonds to obtain a conflict-free certification and enter world markets. Instilling the Kimberley process was a good first step, but there are definitely a lot of flaws and loopholes that need to be tightened up and have deeper regulations. Once I saw the movie Blood Diamond, from that day on, I knew I never wanted diamonds, and I was vocal about this. And way back in 2008, I received an engagement ring with a real diamond that I did not want. <laughs> For clarification, I did not want to be engaged, and I did not want the diamond, so I gave it back. Yeah, that was a nice peek into Kaylin's personal life, huh? <laughs> yes, I was engaged once before I met my husband. Clearly, it didn't work out. <laughs> Not just because of the diamonds, but that's a whole nother long story. So whether you are shopping for an engagement ring or any kind of jewelry like rings, necklaces, or earrings for yourself or someone else, there are many sustainable options. The first option is lab-created diamond. It will be ethical and still expensive. <laughs> there are lab-created diamond lookalikes, like cubic zirconic, also called CZ, and I believe it's pronounced mosinite or moissanite. I'm not really sure. The difference is that cubic zirconic is designed to look like a diamond, where moissanite looks like a diamond with a rainbow hue. Both of these significantly cheaper than actual diamonds and still significantly cheaper than lab-created diamonds. And you're not just limited to these two. I'm just talking about diamonds if you're looking for engagement rings. But there's lab-created gemstones for everything. Lab-created sapphire, lab-created emeralds, all of it. They're all available. The best things about lab-created gemstones is that you can be sure they are conflict-free, ethical, and sustainable. And when it comes to actual mined diamonds, that often is very murky territory. If lab created is not for you and you want real diamonds, then I highly recommend checking out vintage stores, pawn shops, or using family heirlooms. My mom had a pair of diamond earrings that my dad gave her for their anniversary. I don't remember what year it was. I think it was like their 10 year anniversary. So that would have been like 1970. <laughs> and she never wore them because she said they were too small to wear. She was embarrassed by how small they were. So she gave them to me about 15 years ago. She hung on to them this entire time, just kept them in a jewelry box. And I found them 15 years ago. I don't remember why I was looking for them, but she ended up giving them to me and I wear them every day. So yeah, they are diamonds, but I did not go purchase a new diamond 
further supporting the crooked industry. The damage was already done, and now it's an heirloom from my mom. Which, as the youngest of eight children, it is rare to get a family heirloom. So, so these are mine, all mine, and I've never actually told my sisters that I even got these, so they're listening to this podcast right now, probably going, where the heck's my family heirloom, Mom? <laughs> Sorry, Mom. <laughs> the point is, these are absolutely cherished. And so even though these were rejected ones, I mean used ones, <laughs> I adore them. Another option is going online to a website called Worthy. So it's worthy.com and you can take your jewelry that you no longer need. Maybe you've had a breakup or a divorce or you receive these family heirlooms and they are not your style, <laughs> or you're just trying to minimalize and purge, whatever the case may be, you can go to worthy.com and you can sell your jewelry. It's basically like a gigantic online jewelry store for used jewelry. So you can go on there and sell it and make some money. It will be appraised. There's a certification process, so you don't have to worry about it. And also you can be a buyer. So not only can you sell your jewelry, maybe you don't have any jewelry to sell and you're looking for jewelry, you can be a buyer and go to worthy.com and purchase jewelry that's pre-loved. <laughs> jewelry that is definitely conflict-free because none of it is brand new. None of it is causing conflict. It's all pre-loved used jewelry that you can feel really good about. It's very safe and very secure. I very much admire this website and I tried really, really hard to get a promotional code for everybody. And as of this moment of time, while recording, they have not responded. <laughs> so I don't have a promotional code and that's okay. I am hoping that by next week when I actually launch this episode, that I can just tag in a promotional code right within the description box of when you first pull up your podcast. We've been talking diamond options, but if you want gemstone options, rubies, sapphires, emeralds. A long time ago, Prince Charles proposed to Princess Diana with a sapphire ring. Then when Prince William proposed to Kate Middleton, he did it with his mom's ring. And then everyone around me, so that was like my mid-20s, so we're talking, I don't know, like 10 years ago or so, everyone around me wanted a sapphire ring because that was the new fashion, that was the new craze. And I do remember receiving an anniversary gift of a ring made with a lab sapphire stone surrounded with lab-created diamonds. Oh my gosh, it was so beautiful. I loved that ring. Unfortunately, it didn't work out with that guy, and I got rid of the ring. <laughs> and I honestly don't remember what I did with it. It's probably hidden in a box somewhere in storage at this point. I really don't have a clue. <laughs> I need to go find it, though. Your best sustainable options for gemstones are lab created as well as used ones like heirlooms, vintage stores, and pawn shops. If you don't have family heirlooms or maybe you don't want a jinxed ring from a pawn shop, some girls still want a shiny new diamond for a ring for their engagement and that's okay. Most brands will list fair trade or ethical certifications on their website along with information about their supply chain and sourcing practices but they really aren't always easy to decipher. So you are gonna have to do quite a lot of research and investigation. Do remember if a jeweler cites the Kimberly process certification as evidence that their diamonds are conflict-free, you should keep in mind that the system isn't foolproof. Diamonds produced in conflict zones can easily be smuggled into the Kimberly process certification areas. And due to the narrow terms of its focus, the process also overlooks issues around worker exploitation, 
like the use of child labor and fair pay. What should you look for? Look for companies whose suppliers are members of the Responsible Jewelry Council, or the RJC. This is a nonprofit certification organization found in 2005 and covers the entire jewelry and watch supply chain, addressing human rights, labor rights, environmental impact, mining practices, product disclosure, and more. Once a gemstone has been picked for your jewelry, another area of concern is the metal used for the ring the earrings or the necklace chain. So if you got recycled jewelry as an heirloom or from a vintage store or a pawn shop, then you don't really have to worry about this part. Do know that gold mining is a dirty industry and is as unethical and outdated as mining for diamonds. Gold mining displaces communities, contaminates drinking water, hurts workers, generates heaps of waste, leaves a long-lasting scar on landscapes and communities, and contaminates ecosystems with toxic waste, which results in widespread water pollution. But if you are creating a custom piece, be comforted by knowing a growing number of jewelers are making the shift to recycled precious metals. Gold is one of the rare materials that can be repeatedly recycled without degradation, meaning there's absolutely no reason you shouldn't consider purchasing a ring made of recycled gold. And the same goes for other precious metals that are commonly used for jewelry like platinum or palladium. Recycled precious metals can be refined back to their pure element and is the same purity as newly mined materials. This reduces the need for newly mined materials and their associated impact on the environment and surrounding communities. Yay! <laughs> you can also repurpose gold or other precious metals you already own, either from another piece of jewelry or a family heirloom to avoid using new metals. I want you to know all this information is applicable to both men and women's jewelry. Other things to consider when you're looking for sustainable jewelry, try supporting your local jewelry artist, but do have a conversation with them about where they're getting their supplies. Another option is handcrafted jewelry. You can get that on Etsy. I'd like to share a quick story that when I had my kids, actually both of them, I had a terrible time breastfeeding them and I was able to meet their needs with donor milk. And I was able to connect with the donors. And when my children were old enough to switch over to cow's milk, I was able to save some of the donor's milk, which you only need one ounce, just a little tiny bit. And I was able to send it to somebody on Etsy who made breast milk jewelry for them. And so every donor who helped feed my kids received a pair of breast milk jewelry earrings from their own breast milk as a thank you. A huge thank you for all that they did for our family. I'm not saying you all have to go get breast milk jewelry. <laughs> Some people find it beautiful and fascinating. Other people find it weird and repulsive. But there are lots of different ways to create jewelry is the purpose of sharing that story. And I also want to end on a really fun reminder here. Remember that Halloween episode? where we discussed all the things you could do with your loved one's ashes, that's right, you can send it in and get them turned into a diamond as well. <laughs> and then you can wear them around town and show them off to all your friends. Just kidding. <laughs> Coming up next week is Valentine's Day. Yes, this episode was strategically planned out for Valentine's Day. We just covered jewelry, but other top gift ideas are cards, chocolates, flowers, stuffed animals, and going out to eat. 
Let's start with the Valentine's card. You can make your own, and if you're not that crafty, <laughs> you can reuse a card from last year, which is something that my husband and I really like to do. <laughs> you can also do an e-card. I think those are still a thing, but personally, I enjoy a real card. Next up is chocolate and candies. Ignore that I'm a dietitian. Well, I mean, dark chocolate's perfectly okay, within moderation, obviously. But <laughs> my point is, for chocolate and candies for Valentine's Day, the best way to be sustainable is to shop at a local candy shop or chocolatier. If you're at a grocery store or big box store, look for a sustainable wrapping, preferably plastic-free as much as possible. You can also hunt down fair trade chocolate or a brand that supports something like the Rainforest Initiative, Endangered Animals, some type of sustainable related brand. Those brands that I've found that I do enjoy include Lily's, that's a good one. There's the chocolate brand called Endangered Species and another one called Choco Love. X-O-X-O-X. And it's really cool because when you open up, it's all, all of these are wrapped in foil and then in paper. So they're plastic free, but the Choco Love one, you open it up and there's like a little love letter on the inside that makes you feel really good. A popular Valentine's Day gift would be flowers, roses, daisies, lilies, whatever it may be. I think roses is really like the traditional one, but any flower totally counts. It is really tough to get flowers plastic free because they always have that plastic wrap around the bouquet. If you do have local markets available that are still like the farmer's markets, if you have local farmer's markets still open and available this time of year in your area, definitely go shop there. You might be able to work out a deal at a flower shop where they can put together a flower bouquet and not do the plastic wrap, but you'll just have to have the conversation with them. My personal favorite is a plant because it lasts a lot longer. <laughs> It'll live as long as you're good at taking care of it. <laughs> and another great idea, it's not really flowers, but still a great idea. It's going off of it. It's called edible arrangements. You might've heard of these. They're very delicious. <laughs> they will take fruit like pineapples and melons, and they will cut them into the shapes of flowers and put them on sticks and create a bouquet out of the flower-shaped fruit. And I'm gonna tell you the truth, flowers are overpriced. They are insanely expensive in my personal opinion, but I'm a penny pincher. <laughs> and they are most certainly jacked up on price around Valentine's Day. That's why I'm a big fan of receiving a potted plant because it is much more affordable, not price gouged. I'm not really sure why, but for Valentine's Day, stuffed animals take over the Valentine's Day aisle. You have a whole bunch of chocolate and then three times the amount of stuffed animals. Maybe it's just in my area, I don't know. Stuffed animals are super cute and cuddly and not really sustainable. It's gonna be really hard to find a used stuffed animal that's in good condition still. Depending on how crafty you are, you could make a stuffed animal. Some people will take leftover scrap fabrics and sew them together in weird oblong shapes and stuff them and add eyes and a mouth and create like a cute little love monster. So that's something you can do if you're crafty. But otherwise, I'm gonna just have to steer you away from stuffed animals because there's not really a great alternative other than going on Etsy and finding a handmade gift Hey, listeners, if you do know of some sustainable stuffed animal brands, please share them. You can do that on the Facebook group, which is called Starting Sustainability. Share them and let people know what to look for. I think that would be fantastic if we could get that put together in time for Valentine's Day. And the last way that I could think of that people celebrate Valentine's Day 
is to go out to eat. If you are brave enough to battle the crowd for Valentine's Day, try to pick a local restaurant, not a chain. If you're going to wait (laughs) to dine in, then be proactive and bring some collapsible Tupperware in your bag for the leftovers. And if you're going to get food to go, remember to state that you do not need paper napkins, plastic utensils, or straws. Since I've worked in food service for a good chunk of my life, I try not to contribute to the chaos at restaurants on holidays. I prefer to stay in and just cook a nice meal at home. That is also a way that you can ensure sustainability, supporting local, and not having to deal with any stress or chaos (laughs) at a busy, crowded restaurant. That is all for today. Now we're going to have our weekly challenge. Well, I guess now it's the bi-weekly challenge. It's going to take me a while to break that habit. Let me draw my card here. It says... Line your trash cans with newspaper instead of using plastic liners. That is true. (laughs) We've stopped using trash bags long ago. So if you have a big roll of trash bags, go ahead and use it up because you already bought it. So you might as well use it up. And then when you're done, you don't need to buy anymore. The big gigantic trash can that you roll out to the bottom of your driveway does not have to have plastic trash bags inside of it. You can just dump the trash straight into it. And they're saying you put newspaper down at the bottom and that way if there are any trash juices, the newspaper will absorb it. So then when the big garbage truck comes by and grabs it and dumps it upside down, everything falls in, including that newspaper, and now you don't have a gooky, stinky residue at the bottom of your trash can. So it's a very, very simple way that you can add sustainable into your life. Stay tuned because for the next episode, I am interviewing Kate Gartner. She wrote a book called Planting a Seed, and it's a beautiful guide for those who are beginning sustainability. Whether you are going to stay at home or go out and about, have a fabulous Valentine's Day weekend, and I will talk to you all again on February 21st. Hmm, that's actually going to be 22122, which is 22122. It's the same forward and backwards. I believe that's called a palindrome. Yeah, either way. Have a great one, Sustainer Nation. Bye. Feeling overwhelmed by climate change? Looking for sustainable and ethical brands to support? That ethic is perfect for you. Ethic is a simple browser extension that helps you find sustainable and ethical brands online. Learn more at ethic.org, E-T-H-Y-K.org.